Hey guys, welcome back. No ride around here at you guys live on a snowy day in Denver. Yeah, incidentally, we are recording from the planet Hoth because it got really <laughs> cold here. <laughs> I like so I was just talking with D before we started, and and it looks like a snow globe right now. So we're sitting upstairs, base camp cyclery, and it's a big window, big picture window, and it looks like a snow globe. And if I was into the spirit of winter, I would almost say, like, man, it's kind of pretty outside. Uh, but because it was 70 plus degrees yesterday and I rode bikes all weekend here in Denver, I I absolutely do not enjoy it and yeah. I don't want to be in the snow globe. No. Um, I'm just, I'm just, this is the first year I'm a little over it. It's just been cold. Yeah. Well, you also turned 40 last year. So, <laughs> so I'm just grumpy. Just, yeah. You might just be like, <laughs> getting crusty. I've so. been, I'd, ask anybody who's known me for more than 10 minutes and they know I've just been crusty for a long time. <laughs> crusty for a minute. Um, well, yeah, no, it's it. We had an unbelievable weekend, and you could see it. Everybody was outside, so yeah. I pulled up Strava, and I mean, everyone rode. Everybody I knew had an activity yeah. or pictures, or was just sitting on a patio having a beer or whatever. They it was it was a get it while you can kind of weekend. I went through and I washed all my bikes, <laughs> so even bikes that were art they were clean. Like when I hung them up, They're just you know, a month clean. and a half ago or so, <laughs> I just pulled them out because I had the repair stand out and had all the stuff out and just enjoyed it, you know? And yeah. I didn't go inside the whole day. No, it was, it was awesome. awesome. We had a great ride yesterday. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a fast one. It was speedy, yeah. Kind of was... on accident. <laughs> so uh, for those of you listening, if you invite, if you if you say, hey, let's do a group ride and we're going to do, you know, there's this idea of a no drop group ride, which is awesome. It means everybody gets to ride together. But in reality, uh, when you get a bunch of guys together on a 70 degree day, when it hasn't been warm outside and everyone's bikes have been sitting idle, <laughs> there are going to be hammers dropped. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened yesterday. Yeah. It got rowdy. It got real rowdy. Um, but it was a good time. Yeah, um, was awesome. That was our little tune-up before this weekend's Old Man Winter. So we'll we'll touch on that here in a second. Um, I think we need to talk about the Leadville Lottery because on our last episode, we were awaiting results. And we were talking about how it was really going to swing what the rest of the season looked like for you know those of us that needed to either go and like you're going to have to go qualify, go qualify, do other things, and then Leadville just completely screwed the pooch for oh themselves. It but, was like to work for Leadville Race Series would be horrible. A couple of weeks that ago. couple of days was probably like everybody was pulling their hair out. Like I don't think anybody got any sleep working for the Leadville organization for a couple of days. Yeah, let's peel um, this back. For those of you that aren't familiar, been just kind of listening to yeah. our podcast. So the 100 is a race that there's so much interest that they do a lottery. And uh, and so you sign up before the first of the year in the lottery and you pay. You say, hey, if you pull my number, you can charge my card. Yeah. You can make me $500 poorer. Exactly. So I'm in the race. Um, if you sign up for the lottery, I think it's like 35 bucks. I and, don't remember. And they don't pull yours. That's just a donation. Yeah. To Leadville, so well, they have a cool like uh, scholar fund. Thing yeah, there. no, every every high school graduating senior at Leadville High School gets like two thousand yeah, dollars yeah. as a scholarship, which so, is cool. So the money goes towards that. It goes to a good cause, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's waiting. January seventeenth, I believe. Uh, Sunday, whatever that Sunday was. Yeah, that Sunday, everybody's waiting, and uh, at five p.m., all the emails go out saying 
who is in or who is not yeah, in. You get and the, they did uh, a live stream. Yeah, you get the so the live stream. I didn't even know there was a live stream. But yeah. the live stream was literally just a black screen with white lettering and names rolling across. Name scrolling, right? and you just watched it. It was alphabetical. Yep, just looking I for think, yours. And you're just looking for your name. So, um, but you could also check your email, right? Yep. And they send you an email said, "Hey, congratulations, you're in." Or, "Hey, sorry, you didn't get your name to get drawn. Yeah. Sign up for a qualifying race." Blah blah blah. Exactly. blah right. We all got the. Sorry, thanks for your interest. So yeah, so we have a, a, a text with 13 people on it. Yep. And 11 of the 13 got the, hey, thanks for your interest. Sorry, you're not in it. Two people did get in via the email that went out at 5 p.m. Evan and who else? And Derek. Oh, that's right. So yep. they both yep, yep. get in, right? Mm-hmm. So they get emails 5 p.m. and this group text message, everybody's like, uh, you know, out, 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 out. And then I'm in, right? And so two out of 13 are in. And then... And I try to be like... Whatever, boys, let's just go get those coins. Yeah, rally. Like, like yeah. Just rally everybody. Yeah, Harley sends out a rally text, and I have in my head, I go, well, my whole relationship with Leadville, as I've intimated on this podcast, has been now I've, I've hit all my goals there. So if I get in, I'll do it. If I don't get in, I'm not going to necessarily go qualify and you know, training people this year for it. So I kind of came to terms with not being in it, and you came to terms with doing Silver Rush 50. Yeah, I mean, that night I was in the in the – the minutes and hours immediately following the five p.m. email. The five p.m. email. I was like, well, whatever. Like my plan doesn't really change. Right. I was doing Silver Rush no matter what, whether it was to qualify and get a better start corral, or whether it was just to get a better start corral. Like that race was happening. And then at eight oh seven p.m., Josh Fleer sends a text message. What up, Josh? And he sends a message and he goes, uh, "Guys, uh, never mind. I'm in." And Everything gets kind of thrown in a tizzy. Yeah, so we, we all check our email. We all check our email now, and we all got in. We got we a separate charged. email. Yeah. Separate email from Run Sign Up, which is the online organization that you registered through, and it said that everybody was in. And we've already charged your card. I looked on my credit card, and they, in fact, charged it. Yep. So you're like, wow, I'm in. This is, this is goofy. Kind of weird that it happened to everybody, but we'll see what happens. We go to bed that night knowing something's maybe a little goofy. I think anybody that got that second email knew deep down inside something that it, it was not right. Yeah. So, well, more than just deep down, I, you know, going to bed that night, I'd kind of ridden the wave, right? Because I was like, oh, I would love to get in. Uh, I didn't get in. No big deal. I'm coaching some people. It's mm-hmm. going to be cool. Oh, no, I am back in. I guess I really did want to because I'll race at pro this year. I really do want to go. So I kind of was like all of these tidal wave of emotions. And I look on the Facebook page for Leadville Race Series and I think there were like 1,300 comments and people just going left, upside down on this deal, right? And uh, and so you knew something was going to be up. Leadville then finally at 10, 17 p.m. posts, hey, there was an issue. We inadvertently charged a bunch of people. More information will come out tomorrow. Yeah, and then the email after that was basically refer to the first email you got. If you got right. in via the lottery front... It, um, via an email address from Leadville Race Series, that's what your status is. If you Correct. got denied an entry, that's what your status is. Yeah, disregard the second yep. one. Well, you took five hundred bucks from me, so yeah. I'll disregard an email, but I'm probably not going to disregard yeah, five hundred bucks. I'm going to need that money. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so they were in a little bit of a conundrum, and their message on Facebook said they were going to deal with it. You know, the next day when they talked to their payment processing people, blah blah blah. Well. The next day was, it was MLK. a win. The uh, next day was like, oh yeah, it was nothing a happened. Yep, yep. So you couldn't do anything. Yeah, no right? banks. Um, and so the next thing was Tuesday, and Leadville came through with 
the most stand-up thing I think they could have done. Yeah. Which was super killer. Yeah, they, if you, and it wasn't everybody. I, I my, my head was spinning because I thought it was, if you, I thought anybody that registered through run sign up had gotten charged, which probably meant 10,000 people in my mind. Right. Me, mine as well. And then it turns had, out it was a clump of people yeah. that, that, that got charged. Now, again, it was little, still a lot. A little interesting that we were all in that clump. Yeah. It was like 1,500 people, I think. It was the number I heard of people who got charged but were not in on the lottery. Yeah. And we'll, we'll come back to what anyway. we think that means for the race. But yeah. They gave it a killer opportunity. They yep. said, hey, we know we, we this was an error um, on our part. We own that. And so you can do one of two things, uh, three things, really. You can just be refunded and not do the race, which why would anyone do that? They, like we, you, we you wanted to you do You went it. through all this. You obviously wanted to do yeah. it. So you could just be refunded and like it's over. You could stay in the race and do it. They said, hey, we'll honor your spot. Like we charged you, you're in. Or you could defer to 2021, be reimbursed, and then they'll charge you in like November, and you're guaranteed a spot in 21. So, yeah. I mean, they made, they served the customer. They absolutely time. did. They did. I think the the absolute right thing. Um, I wasn't upset about it one way or the other. I I went back and forth a couple of times, and it was hilarious where my mindset had been from the first email at five o'clock, which is disappointment. Like, not that I'm not going to do the race or not going to try to do the race, but, you know, I wanted to do it. So getting that rejection email, I was a little bummed. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I just have to go do Silver Rush. And then, <laughs> I swear to God, Justin and I had had a text message conversation the day that they made the decision to let anybody that got charged so in. funny i mean i had like resolute in my mission for 2020 was like man you know i just got swept up in the leadville thing because that's what happens you you know it eats you it does it, it does owns your soul i mean especially when you know 15 people who you consider friends um like th there's that group atmosphere of of doing it with a bunch of people that you know and but anyway, that the morning that they sent out the the email to kind of put a, a uh, some finality to the whole situation, um, I had text message with Justin. I had literally just got done talking to Colin uh, here at the store. And I was like, you know what, man, that was never my first goal. It wasn't my A goal. Like I remember having a workout with Justin last year, and I was like, this is what my goal set is for 2020. I'm just really going to double down on that. Minutes after I finished telling that story to Colin, I got the email and just started, he's like, I started laughing. I could, that's all I could do was laugh uncontrollably. Colin's just sitting there looking at him. He's like, dude, are you okay? Like what? <laughs> and I told him. And so, um, that was the funny bit for me. Just like really being like, ah, the hell with it. Like I don't need to do silver rush. I, I have other things to focus on this year. And then they send out the email. It's, it's so in, there were several people, that I talked to about this. And it, the thing is, if you have the opportunity to do it now, you just do it now because you don't know what the future is kind of like a little bit of that fate thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't defer. There's too many, there's too many people who are part of the the community between the gym, the store, the podcast that are doing it. Didn't you feel so in 18, you and I ran support, mm -hmm. right? And uh I remember they that had sick ass costumes. <laughs> yeah, we were dressed up like WWF wrestlers. WWE. I mean, I think that was WWF at the time. It was. 
to be honest with you. Because who who were you dressed up as? Rowdy uh, Rowdy Piper. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Yeah, and I was dressed up. <laughs> and Colin was Ric Flair. <laughs> he was Ric Flair. And then I went Macho Man. You did. Um, with, complete with a box of Slim Jims. With a box of Slim Jims that we handed out two racers on course. Yep. Well, I only crashed two people. Yeah. Uh, one with a bad Slim Jim hand up. And the other one, one of my Your tassels. tassels got caught in a dude's derailleur <laughs> and kind of swallowed him up. Um, but people remember that. To this day, I talk about Leadville. I'm like, oh, you know, we were out there. And people are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember, <laughs> I remember those lunatics. So, um, but, but anyway. I remember uh, when we were up there, how empty the feeling was the night before because we weren't doing the race. You know, we yeah. did, I did Leadville two years in a row. And then, you know, then being up there. And even though we were championing these guys on and, and coaching them through it, to not be a part of it. So yeah, that would have sucked this year too. Yeah. You know, but either way, so they made a mess. They made it, they fixed it. I'm wondering though, is this going to be the biggest Leadville race field of all time? So I was talking to um, a customer here at the store and he's pretty linked in with that group of people. He's got some friends that work for, for Leadville as organizers. Um, there's some interesting things going on. Um, I think, and this is all completely unverified, and I hope I'm not getting anybody in trouble. Um, but as of right now, um, they're anticipating uh, a bigger group than they have a, per- a permit for. Yeah. And so they're trying to figure that out. And then they're also, and again, this is, third, fourth-hand information, they're really trying to get... They're incentivizing people to defer with complimentary entries into qualifiers for next year to improve corral as well as your guaranteed spot in the race. So, um, Well, I'll tell you what. They need to communicate with me because if I'm ever at the airport and they say, hey, we need to take volunteers that want a free voucher for a future flight, I always take the bump. Right. Just frugal as hell. Yeah. If I can stack another free trip. Right. Um, so, Leadville, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> send me an email and offer me a bunch of free stuff. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think I think the last year that I did it, there was 2,400 starters. Yeah, I kind of feel like the number's always 2,200, maybe it's 2,400. 2,400, something like that. I think like it's that. like right in there. Yeah, I think I would bet with the, the snafu, it's probably... They're projecting because they still have qualifiers they have to honor too. Yeah, um, and coins to give out. Well, the coins though, I mean, maybe they. they I mean, they only those. have to give out coins right. for podiums, right? Right. Anything the, else is a lot like a raffle, um, scenario at the race, right? Um, and so anybody that's never uh, or isn't familiar with the process at Leadville, if you do a qualifier and you're not, you know. 1% of the field that can podium um, and get in as a qualifying racer, they hand out what they call coins. And so you can coin into the Leadville. And what that means basically is that you get a little coin that's good for you to take over to a tent and show to somebody and they give you an envelope and you can pay your money and be in. And the way that I got in um, in 2017 was just hanging out and they start calling out race numbers. Yeah, that's you how just you get put, your, put your number in a, in a, in a hat, hat and they basically pull it out. But I mean, at at Silver Rush in 2017, I bet they gave out 150 coins. Well, and that's primarily because uh, if you do the stage race two weekends... Guaranteed. Or, you know, you're guaranteed. And so they didn't need to have a lot of coins for that. Yeah. But, you know, I went down to Austin Rattler 
and they hardly gave out any they coins at all. Shit. And at Tahoe, they did no raffle, right? They right. only did the roll off. So I think they probably adjusted. So those are yeah. earlier races. Yeah. Um, but either way, I think that there's going to be the biggest field mm-hmm. that at least I've experienced there, and so crowd position will be crucial. Crucial. And. Uh, but there's also been discussion of start waves. I'm wondering if there's like, but I mean, it's out in that course. So start waves still like, imagine what a start wave would do on pipeline. Yeah. It's single track. It's a nightmare. You can do it. So, I mean, does it a two day race? You have a Saturday field and a Sunday field. Unless people are competing for lead man. Cause they have to do that stupid 10 K the next right. morning. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. they have some solutions out there. I think it's unfortunate. I think the, the takeaway, and I guess to button this thing up is that, um, when put up against the wall, Leadville in the spirit of the race did the right thing. By yeah, the people. for sure. And that's what I think is the coolest, the coolest bit of all. You know, even though, you know, even though Ken freaking hosed me last year on an advanced <laughs> podium award so I could go do the Breck Epic on time, uh, it looks like <laughs> their spirit is still yeah. going the right way. So, all I know is if it's the biggest field, I got to race my face off for a better than orange start corral. Yeah, I mean, the corral is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be thick. Crucial. Anyway, we'll move along. We'll move along to, so Leadville, if you think of Leadville as like, you know, a 10-hour t- a Leadville is a good time, yeah. right? Like 10 hours, I mean, sub nine is the big buckle, yeah. sub 12 is a buckle, mm-hmm. but 10 hours is a good solid time. But yeah. this is many people's, imagine 10 hours riding a bike, right? Like you're on a bike for 10 hours, Not nonstop, <laughs> right? Um, that's most people's like marquee, you know, this year I'm going to train to do this 10 hour bike ride. Right. Uh, one of our community members who's a lunatic, Dan. So Dan Swanson decides not only can he ride a bike for 10 hours cause he's done Leadville. Yep. Um, but he can ride a bike for 10 hours inside on a sunny day on a stationary bike doing 10 hammer fest sessions of Sufferfest. Yeah. So he succeeded where we failed miserably back miserably. in December. Yes. So I have had some people. Justin and I were going to do some version of Knights of Sufferlandria. I don't think we were going to really going to make it official, but we were going to do it. Um, and the day that was supposed to happen, I got a stomach bug from Colin and I couldn't hold food or water. And it was 65 degrees and Justin's like, well, if you're not doing it and it's 65 degrees, guess what the fuck I'm, I'm not outside, doing? Bro. I'm outside, bro. <laughs> so we failed, but Dan, he decides he's going to do it and crushed it. Dude, not only crushed it. So um, Night of Sufferlandria, as we talked about back in you know, a handful of episodes ago, you have to do 10 sessions back to back to back and you get no more than a 10 minute break between each workout. Now, one workout is enough for your entire day's effort. So if you're on a training program, you do one Sufferfest workout, you're done They're for the hard, day. man. You're good to go. The short ones are hard. The real, the long ones are super hard. He does 10 in a row, right? And he didn't do it just for himself. Um, though, I mean, he did a little bit for himself, you know, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, he brought awareness to Alzheimer's Yep. and raised money and ended up raising money because his aunt is afflicted with Alzheimer's. and. Yep. So he raised some money for it. He also invited some of his clients. He's in real estate. Um, invited some of his clients to join him. Invited some of the community members. You went there. You yep, did some I sessions up. with him. I did two sessions. Yep. And uh, it was so funny. There was a guy that... So I roll in and it's Dan and this guy I've never seen before. And uh, I can't remember his name for the life of me, but 
it was a guy that had come down for TRX training. Yeah, for certification. For certification for TRX that training. had gotten canceled, but he gave him the wrong email address. <laughs> so he didn't know it was canceled. Didn't know it was canceled and just rolls in and uh, just decided to hang out. I think he did like, I mean, he had done one when I rolled in. We did two together and maybe another one. <laughs> the, but a- the dude drove down from Laramie. Yeah. And like, well, I'm here. You know, talk about, uh, Actually, he needs to make sure he goes back and gets certified. So at E3, we were a TRX cert center. Right. So um, people get certified with us. And it was supposed to be going on that day. They canceled it, which made it easier for Dan because he's yeah. going to kind of have to manage that that situation. I was out of town. I was in Mexico. Um, and so anyhow, yeah, I heard that guy just stayed there. But He was a nice guy. He's a mountain biker. Um, super cool. Yeah, super nice guy. And uh, yeah, just a fun guy to talk to. He's got a couple of kids. He's like, oh, you know, got... Nice little break from the kids, kind of on accident, and uh, talked about some of the races that they do up in Laramie, like uh, or in Wyoming in general. Tour Wyoming, I think, is is one they do. And uh, I heard the Laramie Enduro is awesome. Yeah, um, I guess they're doing. That's not really his speed, but like I guess they're doing. Uh, so the Laramie Enduro, I think, is seventy two or sixty four miles, and they're doing uh, a half Enduro. And he's like, yeah, man, you know, maybe finally I'll do that because you know. 32 miles is a little bit more palatable to some folk. I don't like him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him because he just showed up and did four suffer fests. And yeah. now, now I don't like him anymore. So he's, you're off the radar, bro. Yeah. Yep. Um, you lost a friend, oh. but dude, Dan killed it. He did. So shout out to him. Um, I know he was, a he got the VAR status for base camps email mm-hmm. that went out um, for the month of January. Yeah, We so. did the featured writer of the month, uh, yeah. in our monthly newsletter. And I had to give him a pretty big shout out for that. Cause I mean, I've ridden a couple of hours inside on a bike, and it's a that mentally that's a tough one. Yeah, I have. I I typically have a hard time engaging in there, and even I think it's harder to get yourself up. I have such easier time getting myself up, like heart rate wise, um, outside than mm-hmm. I do inside. Yeah. Um, which that's just my own thing, but dude, he does it, and he just hammered. Yeah, he crushed it. And it, I mean, he rode with us yesterday, and he crushed it. So yeah, he's gonna be fast this year. He's he's gonna be fast. He there's no doubt that he goes sub nine at Leadville this year. That yeah, he stays the course. Yeah, for sure. Um, something blows up, different story. But um, so good on you, Dan. Yeah, nice enjoy work, your man. enjoy your knighthood. He gets a kit. I believe they're, they're you have to buy the kit. Full kit. Well, you, get I think you have items. to buy it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He got a certificate. Get a certificate. If you want the kit, you got to buy it. He earned it. He'll yeah, buy for it. sure. Yeah. Um, so, um, speaking of feats, we have a feat coming up. And uh, I think actually, you know, I, I poo pooed the snow that's falling right now. But in regards to the event we have this weekend, I'm actually really happy the snow is falling now because mm-hmm. you can't do a ride called Old Man Winter and it'd be 70 degrees and sunny. Yeah. Like you just can't. So it's, uh, it's Old Man Winter time this weekend. <laughs> this weekend, uh, Sunday. this Sunday. Um, and, I'm grumpy about it. I mean, you've you've been on trips with me and you've seen me in inclement weather and I'm mad about it until I'm riding. Yeah. Like when we were when we went to Arkansas last year, how much of a fit did I throw on the second day about it being rainy and cold and shitty? And I was just and I don't mean this to be derogatory towards a gender, but I was a bitch. Like <laughs> I was just being I was just being fussy about the weather. But as soon as we got out, ear to ear. Yeah. And in my head right now, I'm grumpy about the weather, but once we get going, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and you know, we also got to you got to think about the the story afterwards, right? We had talked about that when it came to goal setting. 
when you're planning out your year, right? Like, what do you want the story to be at the end of your year? Because whatever you want that story to be, it's going to be a lot of like shitty work to get to that end game, to be able to tell that story. And so what do you want the story to be? And when it comes to old man winter, like last year, I mean, all of our water bottles froze, Mm -hmm. right? Like we did a ride where we did a race, a hundred K where your water bottles were frozen. I had never before in my life ever taken a frozen water bottle, stuffed it in my Jersey and used the last shreds remaining of body warmth to get to slush status, to be able to get Just to be able to kind of half drink it. It was kind of cool. Like that's just a unique experience. So I'm excited that it's going to be obviously shitty, um, and interesting. Yeah. And I mean, so I've got last year was, I was woefully unprepared apparel wise. I mean, I've said it before and you can reference, it's one of our super early episodes, like maybe the third or fourth one we did. Um, but I got dressed in, um, the, the warmest part of the morning. So the moment that I was getting dressed was the one moment that the sun came out and I was like, Oh, this will be fine. Um, I spent the next 12 months mentally preparing for what I was going to have to purchase. Um, this year I feel super prepared. I got some, um, winter shoes and through all that preparation for me to want it to be 55 degrees and sunny is kind of a cop out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, again, old man winter. Yeah. So we got the ride this Sunday. We'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. The best part about this is, um, at least from where I'm coming from, um, I don't have a lot of, like last year, I think I did, I did relatively well last year, but I wasn't, I didn't really care. As a matter of fact, I stopped like five miles before the finish line and pulled over behind a stop sign and took a leak because I really had to pee. Yeah. Anyone who has listened to us knows that. <laughs> no, so that's not if, a thing. Yeah. If I was really racing. Um, and so I just, I think uh, of all the events I've got, I looked at my calendar again just over the weekend and mapped them all out. And, you know, I've got 15 races this year. And, this one is the one that is, I'm going to walk into it with the least amount of butterflies and the most amount of smiles. Mm-hmm. So we have a huge group. Our community crew. is going to be awesome. And uh, no matter where you come in, as long as you finish, right? If you quit, and we're not going to name names, but we had quitters last year, and I pretty much never talked to you again. Um, but as long as you finish, we're going to have a great time afterwards yeah. eating burgers. You had a um, a good little piece of advice for me. I don't know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. And it was like, you're not going to Old Man Winter to perform. Nope. And um, I still think I'll perform better than I did last year, just staying the course of our general conditioning approach yeah, to, I know you will. to cycling. Um, felt good yesterday, like on a ride at a at a stiff pace. So Yeah, I mean, we were cruising back, at holding 22 on gravel bikes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Play, playing uh, slalom with strollers and dude, I was I, I named on Strava. I said you know, uh, dipping into the grass to dodge strollers. Yeah, it was just so much easier to do that. It's upside of the gravel bike. I was yeah. bunny hopping curbs and ripping through planters and yeah. just it was so funny. There was a couple of guys. So, in all fairness, Justin towed me back to town at you know twenty two, twenty three miles an hour. Well, let's be clear. Every time I looked back and assumed I would have, like, you fell off the train, you're right there. So kudos to you. You hung on. You, we were we were mobbing. Yeah, we were going. Um, but these two guys on road bikes grabbed our wheel because it was the fast train back to town. Right. <laughs> and uh, it was it was after we had kind of like swip swapped 
you went one way, I went the other. We split these people, went through the grass, came back together. It was after that, and we went under one of the 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 bike path we were on had goes under a couple of uh, like bridges, and instead of making that whole big awkward <laughs> turn to go up, uh, we just cut across. And the guy, I hear the guy behind me go, "Man, we need to get gravel bikes." <laughs> just, I think that the rule with riding gravel bikes is that you cannot ride in a structured format. You have to be loose. Like, well, and like when we got out to the Cherry Creek Reservoir, what did we do? Yeah, we rode the mountain bike trails. We rode the little mountain bike. Now they're very, very beginner level mountain bike. So trails. what? They're single track dirt. But trails. it was dirt. It wasn't pavement. It was yeah. something to mix it up. It was, you know, I've done that right out to Cherry Creek Reservoir. 500 times probably. <laughs> yeah, it was super fun. And to do something different. So it was a... Anyway, old man winner. Um, I think it's going to be a super fun day. Um, I'm going to try to carry the spirit of day one of Breck Epic from last year into that event because I think it's going to be similar. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And I think there's there's a upside, downside to repeating events. And the downside is that sometimes you get a lot of expectation. Um but the upside is that you kind of you can breathe easy. You know you know what's you know what's there, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got a long long road climb up a canyon. Then you got some single track stuff that we don't know if you'll be able to ride it or run it. Yep. But we got winter boots, so who gives a crap? Yep. Oh yeah, you got a pair, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot you got a pair. And then we you got, got like, the pair that I ordered wrong. Right. <laughs> Keep ordering wrong stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. And those boots are so warm. Yeah. So we got the uh, Shimano MW7 winter boot. They do two versions of it, and being the nerds that we are, we got the nicer one. Uh, it's all Gore-Tex and Boa and insulated and warm. Dude, it's so crazy warm that we had another one of the riders um, who's doing Old Man Winter reached out and they were trying to just do what I'd always done, like kind of have like Pokey the patchwork blanket to get warm feet. And yeah. I'm like, dude, just go buy these boots and mm-hmm. move on and they end up buying them. So um, lightly touched on that, Shimano is a sponsor for, for us. No for Rider this year, on this yeah. year. So we got a big Shimano sponsor, which is amazing because we've got their drivetrains and we've got their components. We've got pedals. We've got shoes. It's a killer deal. Mm-hmm. Um, super grateful to have them on board. And with that came, now including the winter boots, like three pairs of shoes. So yesterday, being as warm as it was, was clean the bike day, all the bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, reorganize the garage. It just starts to get kind of... I had all kinds of random stuff just stacked up right. you know, from bike components and whatnot. And so I just reorganized everything, and I have a hell of a conundrum. I need some help. Okay. What's the what's the problem? Let me help you out here. I have a large shelf, and I'm going to say it's about three feet wide. And that shelf on the second level is where all my shoes go. And I have too many pairs of shoes now. They won't fit on the shelf because Shimano came through in the clutch. So here is – I like shoes in general, whether they're cycling shoes or walking around shoes. I have a lot of shoes. Um and so for bike riding, I usually get a pair, if not two pairs of shoes a year. And so I have all the shoes. It's so just, yeah. So here's what I do. Okay. I've got some, I, I don't know if you do this as an adult, but I bet you did it in your younger years where like laundry had degrees of clean. Oh yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. So I, kids like, do that. I, like I, I wore kids. this once for two hours. That shirt can go back on a hanger. Totally. Totally. Um, I went and worked out in this. I might have to burn it if it doesn't come clean in the wash. Right, right. <laughs> um, so some of my shoes are relegated to indoor only. So I have like two pairs of shoes that are my gym workout shoes, my gym like indoor cycling shoes. Gotcha. Anyway, I've got a I've got a Rubbermaid container. 
we have this awesome pair of blue Giro shoes from a couple of years ago. And I think you ended up... Mine were in the dumpster outside the brick yeah, condo that we like, stayed at for Firecracker 50. Yeah. yeah. The urine smell was yeah. so thick. Mine are in great shape. And it's a, like we had a friend who worked for BOA here in Colorado, like take the laces off and BOA them. But they don't go with any of my current kits. They're not a current sponsor. But I love the shoes. So you keep them for future. So I've just got a Rubbermaid, yeah. like a big Rubbermaid bin that is in my garage. So it's one of the deep ones. Yeah. And it's just full of my like old helmets and old shoes that I don't necessarily jive with what I'm doing at the moment. Right. But they may come back. Yeah. That's so and then I have fact. the primary stuff inside on a shelf. Yeah. Helmets, shoes. That's not a bad idea. And that's, I think, probably where I will go. My obsession with the color gray on everything means that they're like, they're kind of all gray. Yeah. Um, but either way. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. It's badass. So, um, but yeah, that that's my solution for the the too many shoes problem. All right, well, I like you. Um, All I know is that at no point in time in your solution did you say stop getting shoes. No. So I'm in. No, keep getting shoes. I mean, I've got shoes that are so old and po- torn apart because I'm relatively new to this world of getting better hookups. Yeah. Like it wasn't much too long ago that I actually paid retail for everything. And so I like save it all, you know? Right. Um, and, and use it for a long time. Yeah. I mean, a long, like a long, the, the bibs that I wore on Saturday, I came here in like some knicker bibs. Uh-huh. They're the first pair of pearl bibs that I ever you bought. You can tell. Cause like one of the spots is like, Did you see, I was rubbed raw a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I was like, <clears throat> You did. You looked at me like that, didn't you? I did, a little bit. <laughs> well, if you think that's bad, you should see some of the stuff my Uncle Derek wears. It's like see-through. Well, you know. He's been, I mean, he bought some kits last year. He's getting styled out. Yeah, he is. He he's getting styled out. Anyway. Um, so on the topic, anyway, Old Man Winter is this weekend. I think we're all super excited. Um, it's our first of two gravel races for you and I this year. Yep, and Colin. Well, Colin's got more than just those two. That's why I say we have two. I think Colin has... I don't know if he signed up for the other one. Okay, cool. So, but he's officially signed up for this one for this and the one, one in Big October. Yeah. So it's all three of us for those. I think he might have another one in yeah. there. And we got a big crew. Um, Emily Coulson's doing it from the gym. Yep. Ben's a maybe. Andy Chamberlain. I mean, we'll have... We're going to roll out pretty heavy. Yeah, Colin. Yeah, Evan. So this yeah. is going to be a good squad. Yeah, it'll be a ton of fun. Um, and we'll we'll do a, maybe not as in-depth a dive. Although, um, somebody reached out to us through the, the website. What was that guy's name? That gave us a shout out for last year's recap. Oh yeah, he loved it. He was looking for some information on Old Man Winter because there wasn't much out there, and he stumbled across uh, you know our episode and he listened to the whole episode and he's like, "Man, guys, I really appreciate getting some knowledge, getting some information." And uh, it was cool that people are able to search this and and we're coming up. And that is also d- due to the fact that those of you that listen, you know, um, review us and comment on us and make us. Uh, more reputable in the eyes of kind of the powers that be. So keep doing that stuff so that people can find us like this guy did. Um, and then another quick shout out we had, uh, and we're going to do some housekeeping and then let's move into this idea of these world champs we're going to talk about. But uh, we asked you guys on the last episode, last two episodes, hey, get online and share some cool stuff with us so that we can give away these signed Tinker Juarez grips that we got at LaRuda back in November. And we had a couple of comments come up online and actually more than a couple, but the one that stood out to us the most um, is another local rider who did his first big endurance style backcountry mountain bike race 
um, of his mountain biking career just last year. Um, and so that was Dan Larson. Yep. And he crushed that he on, crushed on the wrong bike yeah. with the wrong shoes, with the wrong you gear. Can't, okay. Just to let you know, you can't tell him he was on the wrong bike because you sold him the fucking bike. We encouraged him to not do it on that bike. But either way. Whatever. So, here we are. Here we are. So he, I, I say the wrong bike. I'm a backpedal a little bit. It wasn't the ideal bike. Well, no. And it's also because you have yeah. a bike shop yeah. full of bikes. Yeah. We've talked about that in the last episode too with Andy, where it's like, if you can only own one bike, it ride, is ride your, the biggest bike you're willing right. to pedal up a hill. So he did. And he did an unbelievable job on the Grand Traverse racing from Aspen to Crested Butte. So kudos to him on that was killer. Um, he doubled down and he's actually racing the Grand Traverse winter race. Uh, here this this winter in March, and I did that last year. We talked about that on the podcast in season one when I had done it as well. But he is going to race on backcountry skis now from Crested Butte to Aspen, so the opposite direction. And he's been training for it, and his training programs required him to be out in the winter, you know, skinning up hills. And he posted a picture of him doing that, getting outside, getting kind of wild in the backcountry, training for the Grand Traverse winter race. And so uh, our winner for our, our social media campaign was that. So, Dan, you won. We'll get you a set of grips here signed by Tinker Juarez. They're pretty awesome. We'll get those to you this week. But uh, kudos for you for being out there, even though you're in the snow globe and we wished it was dry. <laughs> he but, was. I saw him the day before that that ski trip, and he was so grumpy about it. Like He was just like, I don't know. I don't even feel like doing it. And then you know his pictures are insane like he they're great pictures and he had a big grin so yeah. so kudos to you uh, man you win that yeah um, well done uh we do need to give just another quick little community shout out um because there was another gentleman that did try um this is submission was a little bit after we had already made our decision um gentleman from tulsa um roger knows him uh through his uh drum shop bike team thing he has going on. It's a guy named Oliver. Um, he just completed his uh, his first gravel race, and he gives a shout-out, knuckled down on some Rule 5 action, and uh, had a successful day on a on a, on a a gravel race. So yeah, he that, took, and he took 14th overall, yeah, which is awesome. That's awesome. So uh, shout-out to you, Oliver, as well. Thanks yeah. for the uh, the shout-out. That was super cool. Heck, yeah, man. And way, to, and way to take, you know, we don't say this stuff for our own, you know, we do it for ourselves quite a bit, but... It's also we say this to hope hopefully it inspires a little bit. You know, if, if you listen to 85% BS and then, you know, 15% gets you to move, then great. And it got him to move. And yeah. so um, and you know, the I don't like the the term like something making me feel emotionally full, but like when people from within the community reach out and they're even if it's not to 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 stroke our ego about what we're doing, but just to like be participating, especially when they're not here and it's not really somebody that we know, it just feels really nice. Yeah, it feels really cool. Um, so uh, moving right along. Yeah, well, let's talk so, about this next thing. Yeah, all right. So it I I sent you a couple of articles. Um, the UCI, which is the the international governing body for um, any sort of bicycle racing, not any sort, because there's some that still fall outside of it, but the main. Uh, World Cup downhill, um, cross country racing, um, pro tour, any of the the big um, racing events that you can catch uh, televised, cyclocross, etc. They govern it. Yep, the UCI. UCI, and um, much like there is some stigma attached to USAC, USA Cycling, for making up rule, not making up, but creating rules that limit the ability for riders to enjoy 
um, a race in a certain way, or maybe the way it was, the spirit it was meant to be enjoyed. Uh, the UCI is notoriously kind of held with a little bit of distaste um, on the international stage um, for making silly rules about the shape of a frame. And it's just, the the old saying is that it's a bunch of old guys who don't want their records broken with new technology. Right. Um, but there has to be a governing body. When and they you are have, it. And they're it. There's no way around it. Um, and... And really, at the end of the day, whenever there's a governing body, like, you're like that. Think about in your business, right? There are decisions you have to make where you're like, man, if I was just trying to be like super, super cool and like everyone's cool, I would do this. But yeah. I also got to pay the electricity bill. So like yeah, we got to charge you five bucks to put sealant in a tire. Yeah, totally. Right. So, and so the UCI kind of is in, I'm sure their decisions. Some of their rules, and they have backed off of some rules there. They wouldn't let disc brakes into road or cyclocross, even though it makes all the sense in the world. Um, and they, they stood by that for years and years and years and years. And then Finally, they were like, okay, it is actually safer. So here we are. Um, so there's there's a lot of little anecdotal bits in the last 20 or 30 years that kind of blemish their reputation within the cycling community. But they are, it is what it is. They're, and they, a, game. They, They're they, a game in town. Yeah. Um, just like USAC is the game in, in the USA. Yep. Um, so they have been making some... So there's world champs in almost every cycling discipline you can imagine. Road, mountain, uh, mountain cross country, mountain downhill, um, cyclocross, BMX racing. Like there's, there's as many world championship titles to be had out there as you can imagine there being disciplines. And even within each of those broad categories, like how many different world championships are there for road? Yeah. I mean, like Like within it, right? This weekend, I won't spoil it for anybody, but this past weekend was cyclocross world championship weekend. And on Saturday, we Which walked. we had, by the way, three, sorry to interrupt, we had like three or four Colorado racers up there. Really? Yeah, Jared Scott, actually, when I started racing cross in the fives and moved to the fours and the threes, there was like, and I talked about this a few episodes ago, but there was a younger kid, you know, he's a he's a junior, that was racing with me, and we'd always finish like one, two, two, three, three, four, one, mm-hmm. three, like we were always there, and he was stupid fast well he's gotten even faster he went faster, faster. <laughs> yeah and uh he went and ra- he won nationals and he went and raced that's awesome uh, in europe so that's super cool we had like several co- handful of colorado riders out there yeah. uh, gage hecht was out there as well so nice representation well, yeah shout out to the colorado guys uh out there and if they were racing elite men's that race was nasty uh, it was um if you can find it um I have a subscription to the NBC thing so I can watch all the races. I bet you can find it on YouTube or something. The men's elite race was a phenomenal race to watch and it was embodied the essence of cyclocross. It was oh, muddy cool. and rainy and shitty and it just looked hard. Europe just must, they just find the spots in Europe that suck because yeah. every race in Europe is muddy and yeah, shitty. Yeah, totally. It's like these guys um, just look like they're unrecognizable by the end. <laughs> totally. Um, but uh, I mean, just again, last weekend alone, we watched four races, and it was under twenty three men's, uh, women's elite, um, or maybe we just watched three, and then the men's elite. So either way, like even within like these big categories, yeah, there's tons of stuff. Like there's a shit ton of world championship yeah. jerseys. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be masters. You know, right. like there's, it, so somebody has to keep an eye on all that shit. The UCI. I, and I, I love sending you texts and pictures of articles that I know just make your blood boil. And one of them was that um, they're creating a uh, or considering creating an 
e-mountain bike world champ. And it's just like, what the fuck's the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ride an e-bike if you want to. I mean, everybody at this point knows the positions that Justin and I have on e-bikes. But for a world title, I'm kind of against that. Um, Not kind of. I'm all the way against that. Yeah, yeah like, like <laughs> I just got the nastiest look. I mean, you, you're uh, in or you're out. Yeah. Um, but the UCI now wants to create a gravel world championship. Now, there was a couple of articles um, that explains a little bit of why the UCI wants to get involved in gravel. And the big thing is, is here in the U.S., um, we can have unsan we can have events that aren't sanctioned by USAC. Right. In Europe, they can't have events that aren't sanctioned by UCI. Gotcha. So the UCI has to get involved for gravel racing to take off in Europe. Gotcha. That makes uh, a lot more sense. I, the, well, the, one of the articles I read was that there is 700 unsanctioned gravel races in America this year. Well, and the spirit of gravel is almost that like uh, anti-establishment. It's very fringe. It's like you know? single speed. Yeah, they have a. For Don't those... you think like you yeah, hanging I out mean... with single speeders? Like they're not the mainstream mountain bike racers. Okay, so it's snowing right now in Denver. Okay, if you live in Denver and you saw somebody riding a bike to work today in this weather, they race gravel. Yeah, like that's you know what I mean. That's the person. Like you wonder, like man, that guy looks so cool. He's got that long ass beard, and he's got his like old ass Brooks saddle on yeah. that. You know, that the guys that you see commuting today, they ride gravel races. It's a different, I think it's a totally different yeah. mentality to be somebody who actively participates in gravel racing. Um, well, because the spirit of a gravel race is, a, it's suffering, right? And like we've talked about, I don't like to use that word anymore, but you know, it's who wants to ride 200 miles of rolling, long, never ending hills of super sharp gravel rock in the middle of Kansas. Yeah. A, a lot of people, apparently. Uh, yeah, enough people that like you can't get in if you wanted to. Right. Um, but the idea of gravel racing is that it is outside of the scope of something sanctioned. So if you're going to say you're going to sanction it, does that change the spirit of the event? Um, I just don't... I, like. I just want the UCI to, to stay the hell out of it as far as that, it, like it, it ties into one of the things we touched on last year, which was these events getting bigger and harder to get into. And even dirty Kansas, um, which in a follow-up article to this whole UCI getting involved thing, um, an American racer said there's already a world championship of gravel racing and it's the dirty Kansas 200. Right. I mean, that's, that is the, Worldwide, that is the benchmark event for gravel racing. So to counter the opinion of not having them involved, I'm going to say this. When stuff gets popular and starts to become more mainstream, which is what's happening with gravel, like how many gravel bikes have you sold in the last three months? I mean, it, it's not a ton, but it is the... When I, when I look at what the growth potential is for, for us as a store, um, it's not... $300 cruiser bikes, it's gravel bikes. Yeah, so it's it's growing. And um, if you want it to be legitimate in the eyes of the general consumer that's trying to get involved in stuff, which I think is the spirit of not only the bike shop, but our community too, is like get more people on bikes, mm -hmm. right, that aren't electric. And um, <laughs> then you need to have a universal understanding of 
what that is. And that's one positive that the UCI would bring is that it would set like, hey, here's the game. This is the playing field. These are the agreed upon rules. It would make it so that you could all play by the same rules and have some um, really uh, distinguished rankings according to that. Because I guess I say it for this reason. The Leadville 100 is a really hard race. And now this year they're going to do the lead boat where yeah. the super duper now is doing the level 100 and the very next day doing the SBT gravel and steamboat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next time it's going to be, all right, we're going to do the level 100 and then SBT gravel. And then you're going to do a road race from steamboat to Denver. And then three years from now, you know what I mean? It's just like yeah. everything grows and grows and grows. And by having at least an organization to keep the reins on it a little bit, you can have some structure, which I think is, it, that is a benefit. That is a benefit from the racing side. Right. Um, one of the things that I think I'm not into is the innovation and technology side. Because the UCI creates rules for what kind for what the parameters are for a bike to be used in their events. Like right. a mountain bike has to fit certain specifications. Uh, a road bike, uh, a time trial bike, like they have to be within certain parameters and they're it's weird shit. Yeah. Like on the road side of thing is some of the weirdest rules like like where the nose of the saddle is in relationship to the center line of the crank. And for time trials, um, anybody that doesn't know a time trial is one of those bikes where you're like leaned over resting on your elbows to get in a super aerodynamic position. Well, they, they dictate how high or low those bars can be in relationship. You know, so there's all these things that they do, um, in the interest of creating a, level playing field for the competitors so it really you know in a time trial it really is just about the motor and not so much about the bike um my fear is that right now gravel bikes are a really big category as far as what defines a gravel bike and they're rapidly changing like swinging all over the place and as soon as the the uci says, hey, a gravel bike is defined by this. Stifles It's going to stifle innovation yeah. for for cool products for consumers. So ultimately, you know, these anybody that's going to race a UCI event is such a small population of the overall human race. Yeah, I hear you. That the consumer and the recreational rider is going to suffer. You're right, because the big brands and even the medium-sized brands are going to adhere to that in the hopes of getting yeah. international spotlight, which... Yep boost sales yep and you're still going to get the super small brands building super cool shit that isn't ever going to match into uci but i i hear exactly what you're saying so that's my concern yeah and and maybe it's a little early in the game to set fixed parameters on what a gravel bike is because even the industry maybe doesn't really know that i think that's the cool to me that is one of the coolest things about um a gravel bike in general right now is that it can have little diameter wheels with fat tires and all the way up to um, there's a local maker here. Um, and I'll give him a shout out because I think he makes great bikes. It's Rodeo Labs. Um, I think his bikes are super cool. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think his his carbon gravel bike, like it's a raceable carbon gravel bike, it can take a 29-inch knobby tire. Like it can legitimately take a mountain bike tire. That's cool. Um, and so, you know, I don't think he has any hope necessarily of being a, you know, a Cannondale or a specialized or one of these brands that is going to have a lot of representation at the, on the world stage. Um, 
but I think he'd like his riders to be able to ride that sort of stuff. If, if we have a local Colorado guy that wants to go totally. compete at worlds and you know, or like, even, even like, um, even more so it's just harder for that type of brand to maybe get carried by a, a bigger store that relies on the national or international media yeah, yeah. in the, you know, again, the average consumer, like there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. I have no idea what you said, rodeo labs. I know three people that own one, right? Yeah, it's a Colorado thing for but the most we're, part. We're in it. Yeah. And there's so many people like, I, I have no idea, you know? Um, but yeah, you guys should definitely check out Rodeo Labs. That guy makes great bikes. And every year I send him one text message asking him to let me sell them at the store. And every year he says, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I guess then right now the jury's still out. I, guess, I think right I, now, I so on the flip side of it, I, w- I want the people in Europe to be able to have gravel events. And I think, unfortunately, just the way sanctioning bodies are there, there's too many little countries and two it's it's all so tiny yeah that you can't have a usac for every single place right, right. So, so you have right. the uci so in the spirit of inclusiveness of course i want people in europe to be able to do this awesome part of the sport um i just hope it doesn't screw it up so if you're if you guys are interested um this guy he's and he's actually he's a colorado guy um his name's nicholas lagan l-e-g-a-n i think i'm pronouncing his name right but he wrote a bike a book called gravel cycling um super creative name and it's available. Um, it's available, <laughs> you know, online. Whatever I, I picked one up at REI, and uh, it's a really cool book because he spends the whole first nearly uh, three quarters of the book detailing out single day uh, domestic events, multi day domestic events, and then single and multi day international events that are all in the spirit of gravel racing and even riding. So. This year, I, I will have loosely made a plan um, to ride a three-day ride through Missouri on this. It's called the Katy Trail, K-A-T-Y. And it's a, a three-day ride that will start in one city and finish in another and then fly back to Denver. So it's kind of a cool nice. setup, um, Abby and I. And it's all on gravel. So he's got just all of these amazing rides that you would never maybe think about. Um, and then a bunch of race events if you want to take it to the next level. And you can see just how wide the spectrum is on races. And that's why I say maybe it's not a horrible idea to have some sanctioning because there are rides that are so wildly different from one another, which again, makes it really fun, but also makes it hard to compare. Yeah, there's no event. definition. Yeah, it's like, I we talked about this yesterday. I have, a, I have some family and they're like, well, how was the race? I'm like, oh, dude, it was, it was awesome. It was super hard though. Well, how long was it? Well, that's just, it's... It was 45 minutes. Yeah. It was just a really hard yeah. 45 or minutes. Like, how or long? it was 100 miles. Yeah, right. And then like, well, I hear about people doing 100 miles all the time. Less on a road bike. I was, yeah. This had 10,000 feet. So there's so many like ways to make yeah. a ride different. Yeah. And you'll see that in this book. It's super cool. And then the last about, you know, quarter of the book or so is all about the this evolution in these bikes and the different things that are happening and a lot of education on parts and the bits and bobs and whatnot. So you can kind of understand this terminology. So, um, I would check that out if you guys are interested in that because you can learn quite a bit, but it gives you a, almost a bucket list book to go back to. Nice. You know, I've also got the book, uh, 50 Bicycle Rides You Must Do Before You Die, mm-hmm. and they're international. So those things are just fun. There's like a good way to set your- That's like the win the lottery, like yeah. lock up the gym, never come yeah. back thing. Or like, you know, like just <laughs> get a new Capital One card. <laughs> be a baller for 10 days. No doubt. Um all right. Well, yeah. So that that was I don't know. Interesting, interesting little anecdote. And I was just kind of curious what your thoughts were. Um, yeah, I see the upside and the downside. I see the upside to being able to have common language. 
see the downside in stifling innovation. Um, unfortunately, rules just stifle innovation. Yeah, you know, um, and that's kind of part of it. Uh, I'm just so glad I'm not European. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. It's like universal health care. Oh no! You see, you only saying the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I, silly shit like that. <laughs> you know, everything is so great. Then you go over there and you're like, dude, I can't wait to. We get just back lost home. eight listeners, also. <laughs> Whatever. America's the best country. Um, Sorry, the dude in Australia. All right. Well, let's move along. Um, So I had a friend reach out, um, and he is a little bit in a little bit of a black hole as far as um, access to training. And I think Justin has notes here. Um, So we talk a lot about all these great tools that everybody in our community has access to. Um, <laughs> a sick gym to go to with great equipment, great coaches, um, tons of resources for, uh, nutrition, training, body work, recovery, um, good equipment, etc. Um, and I posed the question to Justin, um, basically, uh, somebody that listens to the podcast is been inspired to do his first mountain bike endurance event. And he's not in an environment or climate where he has access to all this readily available stuff. Um, super well-educated guy. Um, committed to learning um, and, and knows how to focus extremely well. Um, assuming he, like he's a, he's been a cyclist, but he's never, I don't know that he's ever done anything um, like a race is certainly not an endurance event. So with the assumption of starting from zero, I, I outlined three categories, um, for somebody to effectively try to educate themselves and start training for an event. And it was, um, in gym on bike and nutrition. And I wanted to present something to our listeners cause not everybody has what we have. Right. So, that's all you, bro. <laughs> so, no, I love that you asked this question because, again, we do take advantage of the things that we have at our disposal. Yeah, we're and, super, super fortunate. Yeah. So I think in in you listed the you know these three categories are great: in gym, on the bike, and nutrition. So to this guy and to anybody listening, by the way, it's, I don't know why I'm being weird about who it is. It's it's my friend Ethan. I've known him forever. We've cool. we worked at a bike shop together, um, you know, back in the day, and he lives out in California now. So I would have one overwhelming like theme, my motto, I guess, would be this. No matter which of those three categories, and we'll go into detail on each of them just briefly, but your overall overarching theme should be do what I don't do. That should be the theme. And I'll, I'll let me explain that. Yeah. Let me like <laughs> I need some translation that on that. Do what I don't do. So when you go into the gym, if you already are somebody who rides a bike. Right, and that's always been your sport, or if you just run and that's been your sport. Uh, when you're in the gym, do all the stuff you don't do. So when I ride a bike, I work in this very linear pattern, and I do the same pattern, and it's very re- uh, repetitious. It's mm-hmm. the same thing over and over again. What I don't do are these moves that move me sideways, that have me moving bilateral, that have me working on stability. Right, I'm fixed to a bike, right? So I'm taking advantage of that. Uh, let me do things that challenge me to open up and retract and extend my body and get long because when I'm on the bike, I'm just hunched over and I'm scrunched. 
So my overarching theme in the gym would say, hey, when you're in the gym, make it very unique to what you do on the bike. So do all the patterns that you never do. So a good bike program in gym will have single leg strength work because it'll force you to even up imbalances. It'll have plyometric work. So think jumping, explosive, things like that, because you don't do that on the bike until you need to do it on the bike. And we're generally woefully unprepared to do that well. Um, Rotate, right? Because on the bike, I don't rotate physically. Like I don't see myself do that. But do know that every variation in the ground that you hit with your bike requires your body to do a little micro rotation to help stabilize you, but you don't feel it, but it's happening, which is why sometimes you can get off the bike and go, oh man, like my back is really sore. How's my back sore? Well, because every time you pedal, there's a little shift in your hips and your hips aren't used to rotating. And because you don't have good, uh, your body's not patterned well to stabilize that rotation, you're going to get beat up by it. So all that connective tissue is killing you. So in the gym, rotate, Right work the core in the gym because I'm not actively working it on the bike. So by doing what you don't do in the gym, that's the best thing you could do to help yourself if you don't have like a good training program, right? Is that applicable enough or is that too? Uh, I think it's, you know, I mean, you know, I, my, my, the way that I posed it was in gym focus and frequency. Yeah. And so focus is, I think that sums it up well do movement patterns that, you know, whether it's with weight or just with body weight, do movement patterns that aren't the ones that you already do. Yeah. If you, terms, can, if you know you can go out and ride a century, doing another century isn't going to make you better. No. no. So that's, I'd say move in, in ways and patterns and in planes of motion that you don't move on the bike. And in terms of frequency, if you're consistently riding twice a week in the gym is all you need to, to see some tangible results from those gym efforts. Um, if you're doing any less than that, you're trying like once a week, odds are you're probably not going to hit the marker. Um, but twice a week of in gym workout, I think you need a third day of the week in the gym or at least in your home work in recovery, mobility, and those types of things that force us to move much like you would in a gym session without the breakdown and the teardown Mm -hmm. to help inspire more, um, Um, just awareness. Is there, is there any sort of, independent resource you can recommend to find movement patterns, how to do them confidently where people potentially wouldn't get injured? Yeah. So the way people get injured the most is lifting up too much weight too soon in a bad way. Mm -hmm. So form, right? Mm -hmm. Form and load. And, you know, you get a big muscly dude that has a huge upper body and a little pinny little legs He'll grab heavy weight and then do lower body movement. And then my back hurts because my legs couldn't support that, right? Or my knee hurt or my whatever. Um, So I think one way to be super safe without having observation on your movement patterns is stick with body weight and you can accomplish so much with body weight. And if you're looking for a way to increase your training outside of just body weight squats and lunges and push-ups and pull-ups, which will get you really far, um, even though they're not specifically what we talked about in terms of doing what you don't do, I'm a big fan of TRX. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to make one investment in a piece of fitness equipment and you're like, I'm going to do this on my own or in the park, in my garage, whatever, I would get a TRX. And What the, the hell is a TRX? Yeah. So it's, <laughs> TRX is a, a suspension trainer. So it, it hooks off an anchor point. Um, ideally, your anchor point six feet off the ground. Hooks to an anchor point and it's a strap system with handles on it that allow you to have varying heights 
Um, so you can use it standing on your feet. You can use it with your feet in the stirrups in a prone position. Like you can use it. Yeah, there's. Ways. I mean, it's I don't. I don't know that I've done a workout in E three in the last two years that didn't at least have a move in a TRX. Yeah, and it's because the suspension trainer allows us to take body weight and advance it a bit. Mm-hmm. But again, you're not um, loading. The upside to body weight is you're not loading your body down with such a weight that you're going to create injury, right? Um, it's your body. If you can't move your own body, like our bodies are smart. They, they know how to move um, themselves. So my one recommendation would be get a TRX and then the library of workouts for TRX from the company. Now, you can get on YouTube and fall down a rabbit hole of some like, you know, well-endowed chick in a stream bikini <laughs> showing you a hundred different bad. TRX exercises. But don't fall down that like the Instagram influencer. Go to TRX themselves and, right. and use their. You can actually sign up on their website and get their emails. And they do a featured move of the week. They give you a bunch of different workouts you can get for free. Like it's super cool. And I'm a huge proponent. Not because we do the cert courses. Yeah, in the gym. I, I, like it's it turned it a little bit into a TRX yeah. commercial. They don't. They're no part of the the podcast. It's just something and, that. And they're no part I, of me either. Like, as I a, don't, yeah, as a professional though. Yeah. You've seen a bunch of stuff. You have a huge cross section of experience. This is the thing that you've seen that you're like, do that if you can't do anything else. We ask every one of my coaches. So I like we have a staff of nine coaches now, and we have these fun interviews. Like if you, so if you come into the gym and you see their bios, or if you go on our website and see their bios, we have these fun questions. Like if you could make one food calorie free, what would it be? Right, like funny stuff. You know, uh, what's the best pair of shoes? What's your favorite get me jacked up song? And one of the questions is. If you only had one piece of fitness equipment to travel with, what would it be? Because many people we deal with, they, I mean, everybody travels, mm-hmm. and they want to know that question. And for years, I mean, mine have been a TRX. My wife says a TRX. Ha- almost all my staff, they say the same thing, you know? Uh, and it's just because the universal... Just super, super yeah. adaptable. You can do it anywhere, dude. I got, I've done it everywhere from the streets of the one tree I found in Venice yeah. that I hooked it to, to like a tiny little... Um, bedroom in Paris, right? So yeah. like you can use them anywhere. So again, I don't mean to make that sound like a commercial, but if you wanted a resource to take my uh, more philosophical approach to what to do in the gym and say, how do I apply it? Get one of those. It's going to move you every which way. And then the added benefit is if like me, you had a little anxiety about a gym space, that's something that you really, yeah. it's a single, it's a $200 single piece of equipment solution to getting fit at home too. Totally. Which, by the way, a little aside here, and I know we're, we're kind of running short on time, but I just saw a commercial for uh, Nordic Track just launched a new machine. With the screen? With the screen. And like the coach yelling at you, and you got yeah. these cables, and you do all this stuff, right? And Peloton's blown up, and now uh, there's a Peloton like uh, treadmill. I actually went to one of our client's houses last week, and he got a new treadmill, and it's got coaches on the treadmill you're running with, and they're like looking back and talking to you, you know, while you're running, and they're like cheering you on. And uh, his wife at the time was doing a hike in Hawaii. So you're seeing this video of a hike in Hawaii and the treadmill like moves on its own and speeds up and slows down on its own. So you just like stay on it and you'll do the, you'll do the workout. Guys, don't get it twisted. All of this shit is the same as the like Jane Fonda workout video yeah. cassettes that my mom used or Richard Simmons, yeah. I'm a pony um, eight, videos. What was this? Eight P90X, minute abs or whatever. Eight minute abs, Billy Banks, Tybo. Yeah. Like all those videos that were in the nineties, eighties and nineties, this is the same shit. It's just playing videos on like a $5,000 piece of equipment. If you are motivated enough to hit play on your fucking screen equipment and do it, then you're motivated enough just to do it. Right. Right. And if you aren't, 
right? Realize everybody's at-home fitness equipment becomes a very handy, always up and available clothes drying area. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just it's just what it becomes. And so I, you know, again, I'm protecting my brand a little bit. Like there is no substitute to having a community of people that are like-minded and championing you on and you have a way to kind of come in and see that person, right? We have said it before. Like every time you see your trainer, you see in their face or your gym community or the guy you work out with, you see in them like all the bad decisions you made. It's like going to going to confession. Yeah. And so if you do that more frequently, you're better off. Don't think you can get it done in your basement. It, if you can, you don't need a crazy expensive piece of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're just, uh, I think. It's so funny. I think that the, my takeaway for certainly for the last six months and just overall in the last handful of years is just like a program being consistent with that program and, you know, and to your point, if somebody is motivated enough or committed enough to stay consistent with the program, they don't need a $5,000 sideways TV with some handles on it. No, buy, buy a $250 <laughs> TRX and yeah. move on. So, um, yeah. all right, real quick on bike. Uh, this is an area that I think people make a mistake on all the time. And, uh, many of us are on a time crunch and maybe Ethan in California is on time crunch as well. So you have minimal time. And so you take advantage of the time you have, I'm going to go on the bike and I'm going to go, I'm going to crush this trail. I'm going to crush this ride. I'm going to go just get after it. You really should only say you do four rides a week. Only one of those rides should be a, I got after it ride. The other three should not be at that level, right? You should not be at a race pace or threshold pace any more than once a week as you're in your training program. Now, if you're doing a ramp up pre-event and then uh, like two weeks before the event, you would do a couple of those back to back to really challenge the body and get some like super compensation results happening. We're just trying to create more cool. adapt adaptations. Right. Yeah. But outside of that, on your standard training program, guys, one really hard one a week and then one tempo kind of just sit in that sweet spot. And then one like more skills oriented man, I really like climbed that technical climb or did that descent or whatever that may be. For me, even like yesterday on the gravel bikes, like cornering at speed on a gravel bike, like that's a skill, right? So you should have a skill ride a week. You should have a tempo ride a week. You could have one hammer a week and then just go like enjoy one once a week. Mm -hmm. And that would be a really good on bike approach. No matter what your race discipline is going to be, no matter the distance, keep those themes alive. So it's, um, Ethan lives in California. It's pretty much rideable year round, which is great for him. But I'm sure somebody somewhere in South Dakota or North Dakota is wondering, okay, well, I can't get out and out and ride four days a week. Um, is there just replicate something like that indoors? You know, yeah, 45 I mean, minutes. Do a 45 minute hammer threshold, like over under nasty. Brutal workout. And I don't care what surface you use. There's a hundred different. There's a hundred of them. There. Just go pick yeah, one. Pick one. But any one of them typically do a hard thing. And then on your tempo day, do what I did on uh, on Friday night, I believe. Uh, put up a movie. I watched Terminator. Yeah. yeah. And just pedaled at like in the 60s range of heart rate, and just watched a movie and just pedaled. Um, just don't think that every time you train it needs to be super hard. Remember, we are a depreciating asset. Every day that goes by, our <laughs> joints are breaking down, our connective tissue is getting tired. And yes, we can help it with strength training. That's why we do strength training. But you don't need to always beat your body down. It's okay to move and just have some greasy motion every now and again yeah. and, and let your body feel good with movement. Um, and then lastly, you you hit on nutrition. Well, I, I hit on nutrition 
because I think I think a lot of people make it way harder than it needs totally. to be. Totally. Let's simplify it. Whatever you're going to do for your nutrition program, do it every day. I want to read you what I said to him um, and see if uh, if you agree. Okay. Um, I'm going to give, I'm not even going to look at you, so I'm just going to say <laughs> the first thing that comes in my head after you say this. <laughs> after, oh God, I can't find it. I'm being bad. Oh, there it is. Uh, I said, <laughs> don't undereat, fuel for your workouts, figure out what on bike nutrition works best for you, whether it's liquid, uh, solids, uh, et cetera. Lots of protein for recovery and complex carbs to build glucose stores for workouts and races. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's are, as simple as that, though. But that's like, that's even like level three. Right? Okay. So, like, honestly, level one, whatever you're going to do for your nutrition program, do it every day. Avoid a roller coaster. If you want to be even more simplified than that, which but all those tips were spot on, right? Yeah, I learned something. Yeah, killed it. <laughs> but more than anything, don't ride a roller coaster. Yeah. So if you're going to eat consistent meals, then do that all the time. If you're going to eat a certain type of diet, I don't care if you watched one documentary and so now you're a vegan, congratulations. <laughs> uh, then do Literally that. Literally everybody we know. Uh, do that all the time. If you're going to, you know, like whatever it is that you're into yeah. and you think feels good, do that all the time. We're intuitive enough creatures again. So we know like, hey, I ate fast food this weekend. I feel like dog shit. Well, you can't do that all the time. And beyond that, the things that make you feel good, whichever way you eat like that, do it all the time. No matter what, bring consistency to your body's intake and your body will consistently give you back a return that feels good as well. You start riding roller coasters, you're always playing catch up, right? I said it to the people in the gym um, back in December. I said, hey, if you guys get through these holidays and you come back after the holidays and you're like, oh man, I just got to lose the weight again during the holidays. I need you to know that I will help you but I will be thinking that you're just weak as hell mentally because you, <laughs> I brought was there it, for that talk. You brought it on yourself. Yeah. Like you brought it, you brought it on yourself. You can, you cannot say that anybody else force fed you. Okay. You weren't like held down to the ground and force fed your decisions. So take ownership and do the same thing every day. And what you'll find is when you find a consistency in a rhythm, you don't want to disrupt that. Right. So those are, I gave like philosophy right. style approaches to that because there is no one size fits all program, right? But if you can apply those kind of overarching themes into what you do, then you'll probably be in a good way. Awesome. Um, the last piece of the nutrition component that I'll ask you to just give a little, just a little knowledge on is, and I, I it was in my text message. It was, it was the the fueling for your workouts. A lot of people get in this mentality that they need to lose fat or weight or whatever so they don't fuel for their workouts and then they have shitty workouts and then they have shitty results and then they get discouraged even if it's on a training ride and then it, it's the snowball thing yeah so fueling for workouts against calorie deficit you know yeah if if you're and i, I guess if somebody's a really high percentage body fat, 28, you know, into that, that obese, morbidly obese category, maybe calorie deficit is more important just doing the workout versus somebody who's on the fitter end of the spectrum who just needs to fuel their workouts. Like how, how do, yeah. how do we hack that up? Yeah. So the best way to, 
if you're listening to the podcast right now, I need you to take out like either take out a pen and paper or in your head, take out a pen and paper <laughs> and draw a horizontal line and, and give it brackets. And on the, on the left end of the line, you're going to write resting heart rate. And on the far right end of the line, you're going to write maximum heart rate. And that's your scale, right? And we have two thresholds. One's an aerobic threshold, which happens at about 63% of max heart rate. And then one's an anaerobic threshold that happens about roughly 83% of max heart rate. When you are training around your aerobic threshold, like 63%, meaning like I'm breathing hard, but I can have a conversation. Like I'm riding a bike with a buddy and we can chat about the weekend, right? That's your aerobic threshold. You've just started to work aerobically. You should spend a lot of time there training because that's that motion is lotion kind of talk that I was going through. When you're there, you don't need specific fuel to do that. Odds are, unless you're like super high-end, crazy fit, ripped and shredded, vascular in your abs, you've got extra fuel to use. So when you're training down there and doing that kind of aerobic threshold or sub-aerobic threshold work, you don't need to eat anything specific. Just go out and do it. But when you're working at the other end of the spectrum, that anaerobic threshold, like at 83%, the purpose of working out up there is to change how hard you thought your heart was, right? That's why we do threshold work. You'd be like, man, that was my hardest, and now I can do this now. That's cool. I didn't, I didn't know what 580 watts felt like for 10 seconds, but this is great. When you're performing up there, you must fuel for that workout. Absolutely have to fuel for it. And if you don't, you'll never see your truest potential because you're going to be relying on storages that you don't know confidently if they're loaded or not loaded. So you're never giving yourself a fair opportunity to have a real test of my how hard is hard. So when you're training up there, you have to fuel. And you can use race fuel for that. I do when I'm on all those type of rides to get your body conditioned to that goose and shot blocks mm-hmm. and perpetuums, whatever. But when you're at that aerobic threshold at the very other end of the spectrum, do it fasted, do it without any specific food. Just do it because you got enough storage. Here's the last and the biggest learning lesson for all the training done in the middle. If I could give you guys one like take home, please. For all that training in the middle, the single greatest thing that you're increasing is just fatigue. You're not getting any better at thresholds because you're just kind of burning the candle. You're not getting any better at your body's ability to work aerobically on that lower end, not in that fight or flight freak out level that sub aerobic work gives you. When you're in the middle there, you're just kind of taxing the fatigue, which is going to make the next training session just harder to accomplish. So either get after it. Either get after it or do tempo-based work that you can easily say a sentence or maybe five words without having to take a breath. Okay. If you're in the middle, you're kind of just, I'm not going to say wasting time because you'll get marginal fitness gains, but you're missing the opportunity to have exponential gains that come from either low or intense work. Nice. Well, I realized I was stepping a little bit out of our typical, like getting a little bit more sciencey about the fitness stuff. But um, that friend had reached out about the, those questions, and it, it got me to thinking that you know, again, we have, and all the people around us have a wealth of tools and resources readily available, and not everybody does. So yeah. I really wanted to just kind of, you know, I don't think we're ever going to be that podcast, but yeah, we're not going to get like you know, no, trainer road. We're not going to be trainer road. Those guys do a great job, and if you're into super sciencey stuff, definitely check them out. But that's not us. But I wanted to address that for that for for Ethan and, and, and anybody people, else. Yeah, I mean, know, I mean, like uh, to be honest with you, I looked how many downloads we have, and I don't have that many people walking to the gym saying, "Hey, I heard you on No Rider. I, right, I want to totally. join the gym." <laughs> so um, 
There's that. Uh, um, little self plug. Uh, by the time we launch this episode, it'll be the end of this week, right? Yep. Friday. So um, this week we start our mountain bike camp at E3. Yep. I'll be hosting a six month series that is going to build a community around people who are doing the level 100. Um, not only the level, there's a couple other like endurance racers that are doing it that aren't doing the 100, but it's focused around that. It includes two in-gym training workouts a week. It includes two structured indoor cycling rides a week. It also includes um, some of the rides that you do outside of the gym. And we're going to do on-course training sessions um, where we end up riding the entire level 100 course. Nutrition, body Nutrition, metrics. Nutrition, body metrics, monthly testing, um, downhill skills coaching with Andy, uh, work here at base camp on your bike. So it's a pretty comprehensive one shot go for the Leadville 100 specifically. Um, but I'm really excited because one of the big goals last year in, in this pro classification was being able to confidently and legitimately sell, um, my ability to coach, you know, cyclists at a, at a high level. Mm -hmm. And by high level, I mean, people wanting to go into their first or, you know, a high level recreational event. Mm -hmm. And so super jacked to do that and uh, excited to see what the season has in store. Oh, and our, our, our team kits are live. So we should probably post that link somewhere. Yeah. We'll post that up soon. If you are a fan of the podcast, let's see you out there. Um, Harley and I have a little special bit bit for those of you that end up in a no ride around kit and, um, and do something awesome with it, but we'll, uh, we'll drop that in the future. Yeah. So, um, sometime this week, follow us, um, on Instagram, uh, at no ride around all one word, no, no silly symbols or anything. Um, we'll post a, uh, a preview of the team kits and, uh, and a way to order them. So, um, cool guys. Well, we got old man winter prep for, I need, new, I need a new set of rubber on my gravel yeah, bike. Yeah, yeah, you do get those things ordered and, uh, and we'll see how Sunday shakes out. Yeah, man. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon.